In part 4 of this series, we discuss the importance of developing healthy and meaningful communication between husband and wife. We discuss practical ways to do this and remind ourselves about the power and effect of our words. We also discuss some specific areas on managing your home. Stay tuned for more. Okay, um, just before we make our declaration, uh, could you kindly turn with me to, uh, in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Reading from Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So what does the first part of the word, verse say? For the word of God is living and powerful. I know in some of your uh, versions it's written as active. It says that the word is living. Now this is a very interesting concept. You know of human beings that are living, plants that live, or animals that live, but very strange to hear a word that lives. Now, when you think of a word, you probably dis describe it as something that you use as a sense of communication or a piece of art. But what the word of God says is that the word is living. The word of God is living, which means it has life in it. So whatever has life produces a fruit. It produces a result. It produces growth. So the, li the living word of God produces life, produces results. It also says that the word of God is active or it is powerful. Now, when you look at Jeremiah, it talks about how, uh, how energizing the word of God is. Actually, the word active comes from the word, uh, sorry, the word energy comes from the word Greek word active. So in Jeremiah, it says God's word is like a fire or it's like a hammer that you use to break pieces, break a rock into pieces. So that's how much of energy the word of God has. If you look into creation, it's just through the power of God's word that everything was, that everything was created. And also in salvation, it was only the word of God, the gospel that brings each, of, each one of us to forgiveness and repentance. So the word of God is active and the word of God is living. So this very same active energy word is available to who today? To us today, right? And we bring life out of it only when we speak the word. We bring life only when we speak the word. So it needs a voice for it to begin its energy and begin its growth. So, but if you refrain from speaking the word, it is closed in slumber in the covers of your Bible. So we need to take active action in speaking the word. So would you all kindly stand with me, hold your Bibles up in the air as we declare about God's word. Let's say this together. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised.
I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed, I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I am a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word, believe His word, and I live by His word. Christ is my master, and to Him I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Okay, before we get into uh, today's word, I just want to reiterate a couple of things. You probably do understand and know that we are continuing on with our series of marriage and family. Excuse me. So we're doing our series of marriage and family. We've uh, spent the last three Sundays looking at uh, this this topic on marriage and family, and I, and how many of you really say that you're learning a lot? Okay, and how many of you say that you're putting what you're learning into practice? Well, that's difficult, isn't it? Trying. Okay, yeah, but what we do, the essence of, of what we do here is so that our lives become more fulfilling as, as couples. Now, before we start, as Pastor reiterates every Sunday, um, the first thing that I do want to mention is that um, we realize that there are many people here in different stages of life. Some of us are single. Some of you are single. Uh, some are married. <laughs> married for a few years, for many years. Uh, also, there are different pe people in different um, difficult stages of life. Um, you probably would have gone through a difficult time of divorce, a time of separation, or even have lost your spouse. And uh, we do recognize that, um, that there are different stages and we definitely wish and want to be mindful and respectful of whatever stage you are in. But at the same time, we would like to give to you God's truth, God's word in an uncompromising manner uh, because the word of God is, is what builds our foundation. So what we, what we say may hurt you may make you feel uncomfortable, uh, may make you feel that I am a mean person, but um, I do it out of love. We, whoever does it here uh, does it out of love and to edify the body of uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Amen? Right. And secondly, I also want to reiterate that I don't score 100 out of 100 in my marriage. Right? And uh, we are also learning. Uh, sometimes we hit a bottom low. Sometimes we hit up. Um, but just like each of you, we are going on our journey, learning from our own um, marriage. The last couple of weeks, we started with marriage. The first week, we uh, spoke about understanding and preparing for marriage. The second week, uh, we spoke about making the choice and understanding roles of husband and wife. Last week, we looked into attitudes, temperament, and behavior. And today, we're looking at... Um, two modules, two chapters, that is communication in marriage and managing your home. Now, a word to the young people, uh, although some of you would, uh, you know, would desire to just doze off and, uh, you know, have a good nap, 
I request you to keep awake because this can be useful to you not only in your marriage, but it can, in any relationship that you may have. So if you are a person sitting here, I'm sure you have a dad or a mom or, a, or kids or friends or grandparents, right? All of us have relationships here? Yes, so that we can use any of these principles that, we, that we're going to be talking today um, in our um, uh, morning's word. All right, so even as we get into communication, you would agree with me that one of the critical ingredients in any healthy relationship is communication? Yes, if you look around yourself, you can hear everything and anything communicate to each other. The birds communicate, the bees communicate, everybody communicates, right? And that is definitely essential in a relationship. And so much so in marriage, where a healthy communication is absolutely vital in the success of it. Now, often, the kind of communication that you see is probably a social or a professional communication, and that's probably not the principles that you will use in a in a marriage, or we should not be using a professional communication in marriage. We need to make sure that we establish ourselves into higher levels of a communication. So the goal in communication is to understand and to be understood. So can you repeat that? The goal in communication is to understand and to be understood. Just in case your spouse says, see, Jean said, you need to understand me, you can return and say, you know, yeah, I need to be understood. Okay? So it is a two-way. It is to be understand as well as to be understood. Now, when we're looking at communication, there are different levels of communication. Okay? I'll just take you quickly through these levels. Uh, the first level of communication is a casual one. Now, this is those bare minimum level of communication, like when you go for a walk in the morning, you see someone walking and you say, hey, hi, did you have your coffee? And that's probably all that you say. Right? You just share a few pleasantries, you just share a casual greeting, and you're done with it. Is, there's nothing much to it. You're just being polite, and you're just being courteous. So that's a casual level of communication. Then it moves into, there's a second level, which is called the professional level of communication. Now, that's probably what a lot of us do in our workplaces, right? When you talk to your boss or to your colleagues, you actually speak about certain facts, certain figures, certain statistics, and it basically is when you need to decide upon a project or you need to talk about your point of view. So that's what a professional level of communication is, right? Then we get into a kind of communication that's at the level of a friendship. So when there are two friends, how would you commun communicate? You would communicate your thoughts. You would communicate your ideas. You would communicate, um, um, you know, things that happen to you. So it is a more deeper level of communication, right? And in this level of communication, you also can, uh, there is correction involved where people, where your friend knows that it is with good intention that you actually correct them. And the last level of uh, communication is the intimate level of communication. Now that is where we seek to establish, uh, in what we seek to establish in a marriage relationship, a level of intimate communication. Now what does that mean? The level of intimate communication means where a husband and a wife are able to share almost everything of who they are, of what they think, of their hopes, of, of their ideas, everything. So there is absolute transparency where, you know, just like you would stand in front of a mirror, you see yourself completely transparent. So that is the level of communication that we seek to establish in a marriage relationship. Now, although we use these principles for, for between a husband and a wife, these principles can be used with your own children, 
with your own parents as well. So seeking to establish an intimate level of communication. <clears throat> a meaningful communi communication takes three things. Three things, all right? Is that up on the transparency so that I can see some of you just sleeping? So could you read that with me? What are the three things there? Time, trust, transparency. Okay. Now, I know this is not new science for you. This is something probably that's very common for all of us. But yet, we just tend to neglect it in all of our relationships. So it may be important for us to review it and to consciously and intentionally work on some of these things. So let's look at time. It is important that we invest time. Now, considering a city like Bangalore, I do understand that there are most of us who are couples here are working, right? So then time is a absolute minimum commodity. We just do not have the time. But yet, we often make this as an excuse, I don't have time. You know, did you, did you pray last night? I don't have time. Okay, did you, did you tell your wife that you love you? No, I didn't have time. Okay? But the point is that we intentionally look at this, um, this aspect of communication on time. So let's just look through certain aspects. Okay? So when you, say, when you look at time, it's important that you set aside a regular time each day to connect with each other. Setting a regular time each day to connect with each other. Now, in our early years of marriage, um, <clears throat> Bini used to work in the night shift and I used to work in the morning. So practically, we actually had no time. And him being a morning, night, night person and me being a morning person, we found it extremely, extremely challenging to actually spend some time. So we've crossed those challenges, so I know that it's not too bad. Uh, you know, if you are at that challenge, I can assure you that you can tide through even that. So it's important to set aside regular time each day to connect with each other as to what is happening in your lives. Sometimes uh, it needs to be a time of day where both of you have energy levels, right? Like I always say, I think I've said it three, four times, that often Bini talks to me the mid of 12 o'clock in the night, and I have an absolutely zero, um, I'm zero, right? And I do vice versa early in the morning at 7 o'clock, and he's a walking zombie. But then it's important that we have to find the time to be able to connect to each other so that we are able to build communication, it's important that we do it intentionally. Intentionally. So when you score down the things that you need to do in your day, your business meetings or your um, uh, sending your children to, um, to game or to sport, please make sure that in your diary you, spend, you put in some time for your spouse. So it's important that we do it intentionally. Next is to make sure that you quickly take care of the professional talk of what do I buy, what do you want, who should I buy the gift for, are we going for the wedding on Saturday. Very often we take that as communication, right? The to-do lists or the to-do activities. But we need to move away from that, finish that, and quick, quickly come into an intimate level of communication where you're actually discussing who you are or your thoughts or your actions. So, Remember that professional communication to-do list is not communication in, with your spouse. It has to do with a more intimate level of communication. Also, plan for extended periods of time where you can just go out and just talk. You know, leave your kids 
with your, with your parents, leave your kids with the neighbors, let them suffer for a day, and just go. Okay? Uh, I mean, I say that because there are some people who do that to us, so that we know. Sometimes we have children, six, seven children in our home, and, and the, the couple just takes off. Right? But, but I think that's, that's a good uh, way, way to plan your time ahead. So it's important that we make communication happen and make meaningful communication happen re definitely requires time uh, and effort to do so. So it's important that you give rightful priority to, to your uh, spouse in order to communicate with them. <clears throat> the second that we're going to go through is, what's the second one? Okay, y'all are awake, great. Okay, so trust needs to be there in order for us to share deeper things. So when you look at trust, it's something that is given and it's something that is earned. Something that you give and something that you earn. So when you look at giving, you need to learn to trust your spouse, which is giving them the confidence that whatever you share or whatever you, uh, you give them the assurance that you believe what they say. You know, so when they're saying something to you, say, ah, nah, I don't, I don't believe you. It's important that you give the trust and say, yes, I, I, I believe what you are telling me. Trust is also earned. So you need to make sure that your actions back up your words. Like, I've seen this happen in many homes. Uh, the wife needs to go, I mean, you need, as a couple, you all need to go to your children's school for some annual day or whatever. So the, one of the spouse, generally the husband says, okay, I will be there at 6 o'clock, keep a place for me. Right? And then the wife is waiting 6, 7, 8, 9, finally 10. You come home, then he comes home. Right? You need to make sure that you need to back up your words with your actions. Otherwise, what happens? They tend to lose trust. So make sure that you don't lie. Right? It's important that you don't lie. Because if you do lie, each time you say something, your spouse is going to weigh whatever you say and will definitely not trust you. So just as trust is earned, trust is also given. So if you promise to do something, make sure that you keep your words up. I think this, this principle follows straight with your children as well. You know, they have super memories. They're going to actually put a kind of a... Um, uh, a list to say when you attended the annual day and when you, when you didn't. In fact, my children do remember when we haven't and when we have. Right. The next is the spouse also needs to be able to trust you. So every time you say something in confidence to your spouse, make sure that you don't use it in front of other family members. Right. They may say something very intimate to you and make sure that you don't involve or, or divulge that matter to other family members or to your friends or whoever it may be. Trust also, you, there also has to be trust that personal things that you share will not be used against you in times of conflict. Often when we fight, what are the things that come up? All the secret things come up. The past comes up. Do you do that? Nobody's answering. Okay, but the important thing is when we do swing at them, at a time of conflict, it can be very, very hurting. And just one or two instances such as this can actually build such a great wall and break the trust that you may have. The third essential thing is transparency. 
Now, transparency is something that really takes time to build. So if you are able to trust, you will be able to be transparent. And it is mainly being just being able to share your innermost thoughts, your dreams, your struggles, your fears, whatever, just being completely open, just like a mirror. All right. Now, we just have a quick check for you. We don't want you to take out pen and paper, but just do a mental check as to uh, uh, basically a self-evaluation as to the way things are. So I'd encourage each of you to do that mentally. You can think if you're married, it's definitely to your spouse. If you aren't, think of someone who you actually communicate to. All right. So basically on a scale of one to five, one being never, two being sometimes, three being often, four most often, five always true. So one is the least and five is always true. Okay. I want you to rate what you feel about communication between you and your spouse. Okay. So the first one is I feel we have adequate time for meaningful conversation during the week. I hope you're doing a mental check. Yes? Okay. I feel we have adequate time for meaningful conversation over the weekend. Where? With church and all that where? No? Okay. Next. I feel free to express myself. Next. I feel my spouse pays attention when I'm speaking. Now you're going to get a nice nudge. Okay, I feel I'm being understood. I know what the women is, are going to score here. I'm not afraid that my speaking will lead into an argument. I feel that we understand each other's perspectives and frame of reference when we communicate. I can talk at the level of friendship and intimacy. I feel safe and secure in sharing secrets, weaknesses and challenges. And lastly, I feel my spouse trusts what I say. Okay, so how many of you have scored a good 10 on 10? No, don't show me your hands. Okay. It just basically gives you an indication of really what needs to be worked on, about where and how you need to work on. All right. Now, when you actually communicate, there are a lot of good things about communication. There are several ways in which communication helps a marriage. Now, I'm going to quickly run you through a couple of things, okay, which, again, I said is something that you probably know. One of the things, one of the good things about communication is that you get to know and understand each other. It just helps you to draw closer to each other. Uh, I think right during our, our initial years of marriage, um, you know, I, I just kind of we really didn't know some of the tastes that we had. And I, I'm a sweet tooth, and Binny is a, he loves spicy food. So then every time I wanted to express my love to him, I would bring sweets. I just, I just figured out quite late that that really didn't express it. But then we began to understand that, you know, we had different preferences like that. A good thing about marriage is that you need to work as a team. When you communicate, you need to work as a team. You're able to understand each other, and you're able to do things together to work as, a, work as a team. I'm just giving you live examples from my life, not to show you anything, but just to make a point here. One of the things that we actually, one of the best things that we do to work as a team, there are many things that we don't do to work as a good team, is while we raise our kids. We make sure that we communicate about everything that goes on with the kids, and most of the time, both of us are either good cops or both of us are bad cops. You know, so they know that they can't turn to anyone at any point of time to get what they want because we make sure that we 
communicate well in advance as to what we want to do uh, as, as a team when it comes to our children. Um, uh, communication also helps you to support each other. There may be times that you're having a hard day at work, hard day at office, not, not getting what is due to you. Your communication, when you do share this with your spouse, you know there is a lot of encouragement that is there. It also helps to resolve issues. You know, there will be differences because we are people, we are made differently. There are going to be differences in our tastes, in our perspectives, or in our opinions. But if you have a healthy communication system, when there is an issue, you, you, you tend to discuss ideas, you tend to evaluate things and make good decisions and uh, move your marriage forward. And, and your conflict does not stand in the way of, um, of your marriage because you have communicated about that earlier. You also tend to grow spiritually together because of communication. You tend to uh, discuss things that God has revealed to you um, personally. God has revealed to you as a family, and you can encourage each other spiritually. It also helps to guard your marriage. Now, spouses who have a good communication system, who have people to talk to, generally don't want to look outside for that emotional connect. So, so a good communication system is uh, a, a good way not to, not to move outside the boundaries of your marriage. I think it's also a good way to protect uh, your spouse. We have been living with um, Bini's parents ever since we were married. <clears throat> and uh, sometimes, you know, when, when you live together, you find that parents sometimes insist that your spouse should be such and such. So Bini's parents may tell me, you know, this is how Bini should be. So groom him up like that or vice versa. You know, my parents may tell me, you know, Bini should be this way, so groom him that way. But what, what we, we, we were extremely careful in doing is to defend each other and provide a nullifying effect to the words that were spoken uh, by our parents to, to either one of us. So as a result of which, we have been able to guard our marriage from, from, um, from anything that has, that has come from the outside. Uh, a good communication also helps you to nurture your children. When your children see that dad and mom have a good time together, that they talk about things together, they grow up, uh, whole, they grow up holistically, they grow up wholesome, they grow up quite nourished in your love and nurtured in your love. So it is important for your children to be able to communicate well as well, uh, to communicate as well. Uh, and lastly is how you cherish memories. Often, for those of us who are married beyond two, three years, you know, you look back at the time that you had that severe fight and how you got through that. Sometimes that's what we do. We kind of look back at the milestones that we've crossed and said, wow, if I can cross that, I think I can cross anything uh, along with you. So when you look back, it just helps you to uh, see what memories that you have and, you know, communicating about what has happened in your past kind of helps you with that. All of you here with me? Yes? Okay. All right. So let's move on. Um, this is just some nitty-gritties about communication. Meaningful communication is a two-way street. It's important that you listen attentively as well as you genuinely express. So it is about listening as well as expressing. Now we're going to take the first point of listening because thankfully God gave us two years and one mouth and not two mouths and one year. So he does, he does want us to listen much more than we speak or much more than we express. Okay, let's just turn our Bibles into James chapter 1 verse 19. And I'm just going to read that to you. 
Remember this, my dear friends, everyone must be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry. Also, Proverbs 18.13 that says, listen before you answer. If you don't, you are being stupid and insulting. Strong words, isn't it? Right? So what does listening mean? Listening is more than just hearing someone. It goes much more than just your words. In listening, you are not, you're trying to understand somebody. So what does it mean to understand? It means to look at what they've said. It means to look at what they are feeling and also observe what they are doing in their body language, right? So listening is not only the words, it's what they say, it's their feelings backed up with how they are expressing their body language. Now, the goal of intentive listening is to understand the person. So I'm just going to take you again through some good skills for good listening, okay? All right, quickly, number one is being attentive. Now, with the world of gadgets, with the world of computer, with, you know, you prob each of you may have two, three, four to fit into each pocket, but it is important when you are communicating with your spouse to lay them all aside, turn your face to your spouse, look into their eyes, be attentive to what they're saying, and communicate, all right? <clears throat> A lot of times in my counseling session, I have... Many people come in and tell me, I think his wife is his first, I'm sorry, his mobile is his first wife. Just like I used to tell Bini, the guitar is your first wife, right? So whatever it is, so whatever it is that's taking the place of your wife, move it aside, be attentive, and listen uh, to your spouse. <clears throat> the next thing, the next one is to being open. So when your spouse is talking to you, don't jump to conclusions and defend yourself and say, no, this is not what I meant, this is, what, this is not what I meant, this is what I mean. But it's important to be open, allow them to finish, allow them to complete what they're saying. Don't, don't get into finding out the content or the outcome of what your communication would be. Be patient, listen without interrupting. Wait for your turn. It's important to wait before you can speak into what they are trying to say. Be clear of what was said. So if you're not clear what was said, don't say, yes, I understood you. But say, can you just repeat that again, darling? Or could you just tell me that once more? I don't think I heard you right. So you hear it, you summarize it, you repeat it so that you are clear of what was being communicated. The point is to try to understand the idea and the emotions, not the words and the instance. So suppose your <clears throat> wife tells you about her mother-in-law. She's, she's not really trying to tell you about the instance. She's trying to tell you about her feelings. So it's important to look beyond just the words and look at what the feelings and the ideas are that the person is expressing. Next is to be responsive. Being responsive is nodding your head, not nodding to sleep, but nodding your head and say, uh-huh, okay, or oh, is that so? All right, this sounds like a strange language, isn't it? Yeah, but then it's important to be responsive when someone is talking. And lastly, being sensitive. So your, uh, your spouse is probably telling you something, she's sobbing away. And you're saying, stop crying. I don't want to see a tear on your face. It's important to be sensitive that they're crying and acknowledge that they are definitely feeling bad because otherwise they wouldn't be weeping, right? Okay, 
So, you got that? How to listen? Yes? Okay, now there's some time for practice. So, if you have your spouse sitting next to you, I want you to turn right into their faces. Look, in, look them in the eye. We're doing listening, okay? Don't look at me. Look at each other. Okay? And uh, tell them something to make them feel loved. Something to make them feel. Let them finish. Then it's a good time, wives, to listen to what your husband is to say. So, husbands, say something to your wives. Wives, return, say something to your husband. Quickly. Use the principles I asked, I told you. I can see some defaulters. Okay. You can do more practice at home. Right. The next part of communication is genuinely expressing. Like I said, <clears throat> communication is a two-way street. You not only listen, you also need to express. Um, the, the point that I want to make clear is that all of us have very different ways of how we express ourselves. Very different ways of how we express ourselves. You have some people who are very rational, who will just give you facts and figures, and there is not an emotion written on their face. You will not see an emotion on their face. There are some people who are extremely emotional that for the second drop of the word, they will start crying, right? Or they will be the emotions written all over them. There is a third kind of people who are extremely boisterous and aggressive. They seem passionate about everything that they want to do. And the last group of people are the soft ones, you know, who, who you, you will never think they, that they, they're passionate about anything. But remember that God has made us differently. There is no right way of expressing at any point of time. It is important for us as couples to understand how each how our spouses express and, and allow those differences to different styles of expressiveness. All right? Okay, we're going to get into something more scriptural here. I, you know, often when, when, when I was doing this, when I was reading this, I, you know, I kind of said, God, what kind of scripture can we bring in? But then when I opened my eyes, I really found out there's, there's so much of scripture available for just for us to communicate. So let me just take you through that, okay? Let's read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32. It says, do not use harmful words, but only helpful words and the kind that build up and provide what is needed so that what you say will, will do good to those who hear you. And do not make God's Holy Spirit sad, for the Spirit is God's mark of ownership on you, a guarantee that the day will come when God will set you free. So get rid of all bitterness, passion and, ang and anger, no more shouting or insults, no more hateful feelings of any sort. Instead, be kind and tender-hearted to each other and forgive one another as God has forgiven you through Christ. An additional verse is Ephesians 5.4. Nor is it fitting for you to use language which is obscene, profane, or vulgar. Rather, you should give thanks to God. Okay, how many of you have figured there are many principles here on how to express? I'm going to quickly go through them, okay? So the first verse, 29, said, Do not use harmful words. Use words that are helpful. Use words that build up. Use words that provide what is needed, like support or encouragement or love. Use words that do good to those who hear. No shouting, no insults or hate. Do not use language that is obscene, profane, or vulgar. Okay, now we need to make sure that our fighting comes to a more sane level, okay, from here on. So you know what you're not supposed to do when you are communicating with each other. All right? Okay, so 
It is important that when we are communicating with our spouse, we align ourselves to God's word. Okay, it's very clear that we need to align ourselves to the word of God. Now, when you do get your manual, there will be a questionnaire there to rate and assess the way that you speak to your spouse. We're not going to be doing it here because of lack of time. But when you do get your manual, please make sure that you go back and, and do that so that it helps you to evaluate where you are. Also, the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is very rich and pregnant with insights about communication, all right? And there are, again, in that, there are many verses that are given, but I'm just going to take two here and just look at how we can apply this to our marriage, okay? So I'm just going to read out one of the verses. It's Proverbs 15, 23. It says, what a joy it is to find just the right word for the right occasion. So what a joy it is to find the right word for the right occasion. So wives, when you have told your husband for the hundredth time not to put his wet towel on the bed, use some Shakespearean language, use right words, and maybe you can say something like, as surely as I belong to you, the wet towel belongs to the clothesline. Okay? So use the right word, use it at the right occasion. See, you have have knowledge in Proverbs to help you through. Or the next one is Proverbs 17, 27. Those who are sure of themselves do not talk all the time. People who stay calm have real insight. Okay, now wives, when, uh, when you have this nagging need to nag your husbands, may, uh, you know, I think it's good that we memorize this word, do not talk all the time. People who have calm have real insight. Okay, so tell yourself, this is a good thing, good time to be calm. I have mentioned it to him. Let me just keep quiet about it, okay? And for men, I think, uh, for, 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 for the silent men, for those of you who really don't talk, it's either that you have real insight or it's either that you have not really figured out what the problem your wife is talking about. So you've got to make sure what that is, okay? All right. So even in communication, even, there are times that there can be absolute breakdown of communication, now, when, when there is a breakdown of communication, both the spouses tend to withdraw and isolate themselves. They don't spend time. Um, there is a deep chasm, there's a deep gap between the two, and communication just breaks. And as a result of which, there is no trust, there is no intimacy, and that is a very serious place to be in. So some of the, uh, of the times, or some of the causes of of a uh, communication breakdown is something that I just want to uh, put through here is because there may be times that that happens. And I think in a marriage that, that does happen once or twice or thrice or many more times, it does happen. And it's important for us to recognize it and make sure that we find a remedy to it. So some of the causes that we find are the fear that you will be judged or criticized. So you may not share something because there is always a fear that they're going to find fault or criticize you. So what is the remedy for that? It's important that both of you decide together not to judge or not to criticize. And even if you disagree on a particular topic, so make it uh, mandatory that you will not judge or you will not criticize. One of the other reasons is the fear that you, what you say will be held against you. Now, as a couple, the remedy is you need to make a commitment that you will not use what is being said against the other because that can break a communication incompleteness. Another reason is disinterest, inattentiveness, or being preoccupied. The focus is spending time. So if there is 
anything that comes about, it's important that you focus, keeping all things aside, focus on spending time to converse with each other. Next is the fear of being misunderstood. If you feel misunderstood that your, that your spouse does not really understand what you're saying, share this concern with your spouse. Tell your spouse, I just feel misunderstood. I just don't feel that, that you, you completely know what I'm really talking about. And then it's important to listen, to clarify, and then respond to, to what they're trying to say. The next is being too busy, no time to talk. You know the remedy, set time. And lastly is suppression of emotions, choosing to hide your feelings. Sometimes spouses just tend to not discuss feelings because they don't know how it's going to be taken by the other, especially when the spouse is involved in, the, um, in that emotion. This will definitely take time. I think it's important that you take time to converse initially, start talking about your feelings, and then agree to be patient with each other's feelings. All right, are we good? Too much overload? Okay, we'll be done quickly. All right, so just to share a few more insights on the spiritual side of communication, we need to understand that uh, the words we speak have a spiritual impact. Like we said in the declaration, whatever we say brings out results because the word is life. So what you speak to your spouse definitely has a connect to the spiritual realm. So whatever you're speaking goes forth into the lives of your spouse or your children. So we got to be extremely careful with the pearls that come out of your mouth, right? And I think it's important that we line ourselves with the word of God so that we're careful on what we speak. So I'm just going to quickly go through some of them. Uh, the power of your words. What does your words do? Your words bring life or death, blessing or curse. So your words can have an extremely significant impact. It can speak life, or it can speak death. It can speak blessing, or it can speak a curse. <clears throat> um, you know, way back, um, you know, we as children, there may be times when we've defaulted in some place, and there may be people who've kind of said a word to us that they really didn't mean, but it kind of sticks to you. Yes? Do you have that experience? You know, sometimes Nora comes to me and says how the teacher gets so angry in class, she calls them a bad batch of first graders. And that is stuck into this poor child's head. So she keeps talking about that, am I a bad child? So then it's important what we speak because our words bring out, what do our words bring out? Life. Our words bring out life. So we need to make sure that we speak, wo speak words of life, we speak words of blessing. Our words can also build or build faith or destroy it. Our words can inspire or quench faith. What you say can help a person to grow in their faith or to quench their faith. So what you speak into the life of your spouse or your children is what will take fruit because of the words of faith that you actually use. Next, the words that you say release your faith or it releases your doubt. Now Jesus taught that faith is released by what we speak. What did he say? He said, he, when he said to the mountain, move from here to here and it will move. So, so Jesus, through his words, he spoke and he released the faith by what, released faith by what he spoke. So it is important that we also, when we speak, release faith into our spouses, using our words correctly. Now it's important that we know what our tongue says. Do you know that the strongest muscle in our body is our tongue? Yes, right? And it's our words that can steer lives. 
And we need to make sure that our tongue is like the bit that controls a horse and like the rudder that steers a ship. So we need to be extremely careful about the way that we use our tongue. As a believer, we're sanctified, agreed. But then also our tongue needs to be sanctified and renewed because what we bring out, the words that we bring out has a large imp impact. So as a believer, I don't think it is appropriate that we have words of life and words of death. It is important that we have words of thanksgiving and love and peace and joy and blessing. So it's important how we use our words to our spouses. Lastly, speaking blessing over your spouse or your children. If you look at the New Testament, sorry, the Old Testament times, the Lord actually uh, instructed the priests to speak a blessing over the children of Israel. He instructed them to do that. So also we need, we have that instruction to be, speak a blessing over our children or over our spouses. And lastly, we use the spoken word as the weapon against the enemy. Jesus used the spoken word to overcome temptation. So also, we need to use the spoken word to overcome anything that comes against us by the enemy. All right. So what, what we finally learn is that marriage is not only an exercise in good skills, but we are affected by spiritual laws. All right. Good to go. Okay, now I'm going to just spend the last 10 minutes just rushing through um, the next part of managing your home. These are simple, practical tips on managing home. I know, again, this is common knowledge, but again, something that may be um, important for us to know. Proverbs 24.3.4 says that a home is built on the foundation of wisdom and understanding. So if, we, if you need to build your home, it needs to be with wisdom and Understanding. Okay, so we're just going to go through a couple of practical ways. Number one is staying independently. Now, it is important for couples to agree together on where they will make their home during the time of marriage. And I guess it should be done at the time that you're just preparing for marriage. Where are you going to make a home? It is recommended that you as a couple stay away from your parents so that you can focus and build on your marriage and there is basically no interference that comes. However, in case as a couple you plan to live with either side of the families, either side of the parents, it needs to be done with mutual understanding and mutual consent. It needs to be consented with, either, with, 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 the, with both the parties. Sometimes what happens is there may be a family member who may need to live long term with you, maybe like a widowed mother or a widowed relative who, who, who may need to live with you. Or sometimes it may be uh, uh, important that there, there may be someone with, with a special need sibling, a sibling who has a special need um, that is just probably the one of the, either the husband or the wife who needs to look after them. They may need to live with you. Again, this definitely has to be done with uh, a mutual understanding and agreement. But having said so, it is definitely expected that the members of the family do not interfere with the husband and wife relationship and make sure that they groom and live um, and learn about marriage on their own and, and make sure that there are no dictating decisions or controlling schedules or how to raise up children, none of that. So that is something that definitely needs to be protected. The next is uh, daily and weekly schedules. Now, as, as we had spoken about this earlier, it's 
you know, in, in a world like ours, both the husband and wife are working professionals. So it can be very, very challenging for you to find time, for you to uh, address different things in your home. But it is important maybe to prioritize your marriage. And if it is financially viable, to make sure maybe one of you cut down your work schedules or maybe not work for a particular period of time so that you can build your marriage. The third is about cooking, cleaning, laundry, grocery shopping, and paying bills. I know the women are really happy that this is coming up. Okay, so everyone listen to me carefully. It is important that a husband and wife share the responsibilities of a home, especially if the husband and the wife are working I think it is unfair if just one of the spouses, maybe the wife, takes on the entire load of the home. So it's important to share your responsibility um, as, um, um, in order to take care of the home. Um, sometimes there may be additional responsibilities with children. You know, So the wife is working, the husband is working, there are children who go to school, there is no additional help. And it is important that you share the load together because that's something that will again build your marriage. It will help you work as a team and work together doing your part uh, for your family. The next part is mobile phone, television, social media, etiquette. Now, I know it's a pressure to stay connected to work even after you've come back home. So you get onto your phone, send your mails, um, maybe get onto social media, chat up with people you've forgotten for the last 10 minutes. But, but it's important that you Form a discipline. Make a discipline as to what you will do when. Make sure that you will keep away every form of distraction so that you have time enough for each other. Um, I, we do understand, although, that there may be em emergency situations where you need to use your phone. Please do so, but do it judiciously. Next is family recreation and family vacations. It's important that you plan times where you can go out together as a family, maybe for a holiday or for different things. It may be different for each one of us. Some of us go to parks, some of us go to have ice cream, some of us go for walks, whatever it is. You, you, it's important that you plan your schedule um, so that they, you have enough time where you can build yourselves together as, as a family. Next is budgeting and financial planning. It's important that you decide together how the financial needs of your family will be taken care of. So if the husband is working, yes, the husband provides for the family. But if the husband and the wife is working, it's important to decide as to what part of your income goes to what kind of expenses. And making sure that there is no my money, your money, but there is a unified mentality about, about money. Because that, <coughs> that sometimes tends to be uh, areas of conflict. It's also important to share information about your income. Uh, sadly, a lot of times, people who come in for counseling, this is one of the biggest qualms that they have. I don't know how much my husband earns. I don't know how much he pays to his parents. But I think it's important in order to build your communication, in order to build your home, to be transparent about what your income is and where it's going, and to do that yeah, um, um, uh, together and mutually. Also, to make sure that as a couple, you tithe, you give your, your, your due to the Lord and make sure that, that, that uh, you make every effort to do that because upon it, there is always a blessing. In the manual, you will have an entire uh, section of how to plan a simple budget. 
All right, I'm not going to get into any of those. Uh, it, it'll be great if you can just go into and, and check out as to how that is done if you're not already doing it so that you can um, uh, make sure how to financially uh, plan your, your money that's coming in. The next is saving and investing. We also do encourage you to consider saving and investing systematically. I'm not a good money person, but at least I know that some of the plans are insurance or mutual or fixed deposits, whatever. And I'm sure you, there are much more knowledgeable financial advisors that you can find who can help you. So make an effort to keep some money to save and to invest. It's not unbiblical to save and invest. Amen? Do you all agree with me? Okay. All right. Okay, um, as we go on, um, an important thing is about parents, in-laws, and the extended family. Uh, I just want to read out a verse uh, to get this in context. Proverbs 18, 19, it says, Help your relatives and they will protect you like a strong city wall. But if you quarrel with them, they will close their doors to you. So while we have emphasized earlier the importance of you, of the husband and wife living independently, we are in no way advocating uh, disconnecting with your family okay we do not mean that you disconnect and have nothing to do with them it is important that you bless them it's important that you have a cordial loving relationship with all members of your family so make sure that you continue to maintain that relationship with every member of your family because it is important that the love of christ is shown through you all right uh, i think that's the last one yeah Okay, so breathe. Okay, we're coming to the end. And lastly, it's caring for the elderly, widowed, or orphaned in your own family. Finally, we must recognize that life has its own challenges. You may have people who are living with you um, who, may, who, who are in special situations as parents age. They may be sick, they may be um, <clears throat> unwell, and they may definitely require physical support, financial help. And it is important that um, as a couple... You can both agree together as to how you will address these needs uh, in your extended family. So do this wholeheartedly, support one another when doing this, and do all this as unto the Lord. All right. Amen? Good? Okay. All right. Um, even as we just get ready to close, may I just ask the worship team to come forward? Um, we have just heard a couple of things, many things about how... God expects of us, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> yeah, we've just gone through <coughs> two modules of how God expects of us to, to be in line with how we communicate, how we talk to our spouse, to our children, and uh, we just looked into the word of God as to what is expectant of us. I think we'll just take a few minutes, maybe if you could just stand up to your feet. And some of us may be already doing what is said, but for some of us, it may be a new learning. It's going to be a change in the way that we are, the way that we communicate, or the way that we speak to our spouses. But like we just spoke in the morning, God's word gives us instructions on how we can deal with the people in our lives. It may be our spouses, it may be our children, our parents. So we just, at this point of time, I just like all of us, whether we're married, whether we're not, 
to ask God to sanctify our tongues today. Just to put his Holy Spirit into our words, into our tongues. So that our communication will be pleasing to him. Will be something that's sanctified. Will bring out life. Will bring out blessing. And even as we just ask God, maybe this is a good time to ask God to unearth all that we have said and, and ask God for that forgiveness for the mean things we may have said, for the untimely words we could have used in anger to whoever it may be. It could be to our spouse, to our parents, to our friends, to our bosses. It's just a challenge for us to live and to align ourselves to what God expects of us. So I'd just like you to take a moment and ask God to sanctify your tongue, sanctify the words you speak, as well as ask God to forgive you for what we have said that's been untimely, that has been unkind, that has been unhelpful.
just feel in my spirit that there may be some of us here who just do not know how to control our tongue. And no matter how much we've tried, it just seems difficult to not be able to say the things that we don't mean. So if I'm just speaking to any one of you, I just want you to take just that this time or, or, or if, if you can share it out with your spouse or with, a, with your neighbor, with your friend to ask for prayer that God will help you to speak words that are edifying speak words that build up speak words that are a blessing Just you just saying a secret prayer to God and say, God, you've given me this tongue. I just ask that you sanctify it. You make it whole. If some of us feel that we have a nagging spirit to the need to keep telling people, our spouse, our children, to doing something, to a point of irritation. Just submit that to the Lord and say, God, I want to change that because I know that's not of you. And give me that spirit of peace and calmness to know that you are dealing with that situation. There may be some of us who who cannot fight back with words, who don't know how to defend ourselves, and as a result, just keep quiet. Just bear the brunt of the words that come against us. Ask God to help you to be able to share your concerns with whoever is, whoever the other party is, your spouse, your children, your parents. Father God, we just thank you. We just thank you for your word that just strengthens and edifies us, Lord. We just thank you, God, for what you teach us from your word about how we need to communicate with each other. Thank you because you took care of everything. You gave us a principle and instruction on how we talk, Father. And God, I just pray, Lord, for especially for the couples standing here, Lord, that you will use their tongues to build. They will use, you will use their mouths to edify each other. That they will use their words correctly. Lord, that they will speak a blessing. They will speak the word of God against the, the enemy when it comes against their marriage, Father. And I just pronounce your word, Father, onto, these, onto every couple, Lord. Lord, that you will, that there will be there will be rejoicing in the tent of the righteous even as they communicate with each other, Father. Yes, God, I just pray that you will give every couple the wisdom and the understanding on bringing up their homes, Father. Wherever they fall, wherever they move away from your instruction, I pray that you will align them back to your promises, God. Because in your promises, there is always a blessing. There is always goodness that comes out of it, Father. 
I pray, God, that you will bring the hearts of people together here, Father, of a husband and a wife together. Join them together, Father, with your love, with your blood, Father. Lord, I just take a moment to pray for any strained relationship here in this, in this room, Father. Any strained relationship, Father. I just speak your word of reconciliation. I speak your word of restoration. I speak oneness. I speak unity, Father. God, it is your will, it's your desire that people live in unity. And so much more in our homes, in our families, at our workplaces, Father. And I just pray and I just, just speak that reconciliation into strained relationships, Father. Even as they bring this up to you, God, I pray that your anointing spirit will glue them together, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just give you praise, Father. We just give you glory, Father. We just, just want to say that we love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just seal your word. We just seal your spirit on every married couple here, Father. We just pray your protection, Father. We just pray that they will move into intimate levels of communication where they know, they grow, they live together, they work together as a team, building up a legacy for the generations to come, Father. I just speak that. I just speak that, Lord, to every couple standing here, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We ask all these things in your matchless and precious name. Amen. Before we close, I know there may be some of you who are here where all this is very new, where church is new, <clears throat> where the love of Jesus is new. I just want to open up an opportunity for any of you who desire to build a personal relationship with Jesus. He's here in our midst and if he is calling you to call upon him as, as a savior, I just want to lead you through a simple prayer. And if any of you desire to build that relationship with Jesus, can just repeat after me as I pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I just thank you for bringing me here today. I desire to have you in my heart and I ask that you come cleanse me of my sin cleanse me of my filth cleanse me of my unholiness and put your loving spirit inside of me reveal yourself to me help me to see you and I pray that you will change my life forever. I call you my Savior. I call you my Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Is there any of you who've prayed this prayer for the very first time today? I kindly ask you to lift your hands up if any of you have just prayed this prayer for the very first time. Anybody at the back? All right, there's nobody. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Please do go back and practice what we have spoken today. Your blessing will be will come in due time. Thank you. God bless. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org 
Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.